When you look at brands using social media to build communities and fandoms, the industry that's probably perfected that process is gaming. We learn how to combine the smart technology and the rich design together to craft successful, innovative brand stories from Sean Silverman, social marketing leader at Brand Authors, who has been doing consulting in the social space for over a decade. He's also part of Tencent Games Publishing Brand Level Infinite, where he's currently in charge of global social influencer and content marketing. Long list because he has a long and impressive track record as well. He's been heading community engagement at companies such as Dolby, Disney, NCSoft, Square Enix, the leading social media and community manager as well at Blizzard Entertainment and Twitch. Long list, Sean. It's great to have you and great that you can take a break from all of that work to come on the show. Yeah. No, thank you very much. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, It's definitely been a while. (laughs) It has indeed. We were last on a panel at Pocket Gamer Connect and um, really left an impression for me. How have you been keeping? Been doing very well, actually. Between then and now, I moved to Singapore. Mm -hmm. uh, So that way I can help with a level infinite publishing brand, Mm -hmm. really, you know, spanning globally. I was most recently in Germany for Gamescom. uh, So that was a very fun trip. Just recently got back. You know, you were in my backyard. Now I feel really bad, (laughs) Sean, (laughs) because I'm based in Cologne. I was at Gamescom as well, but... uh... Oh, you are? I was oh, indeed. I was right indeed. Show. But our our paths keep crossing, Sean, because you do a lot of work in the industry and you continue to bridge two really exciting worlds, right? The indie and the massive studios, you know, the Blizzards, Disney, Square Enix. These are not, you know, small studios or they're major names, basically. And this is what you're doing. I want to start by understanding, first of all, the services these companies are looking for. And are they really vastly different? So typically what these companies are looking for uh, when they go for external agencies is really help do a lot of the execution side of things, right? Um For one, for example, on social media marketing, I know I've worked at several companies where we've used external vendors to really help with our paid social media. Uh, You know, we set up the strategy, we work with them to do the targeting, and then they go and they kind of hit the press of the go button. They traffic our social ads for us. Uh, On the influencer side, what we do is we typically look for agencies that can help find source manage talent as well as provide the analytics that we really need to be successful. And then from a content perspective, we actually really reach out to agencies that are kind of also embedded in this space that do work with content creators or that are really looking at, you know, utilizing technology to capture, okay, what's going on, for example, on TikTok, like what's the next latest craze that we see them? What's the next TikTok challenge? Anything that we can jump into and do. So that's just a very high level as to what you see some of these larger studios doing. Mm-hmm. As far as India studio, indie studios go, they don't really have kind of the same budgets to be able to reach out. So what they do is they kind of really look for some super talented uh, talent that's really passionate that they can bring into the teams or that they can have as a consultant just kind of come in and help kind of show them and gear them that way. So that way, once they become successful, they can start being like these other major brands where they can start bringing in these agencies to really help really boost and really uh, grow what they're doing as far as in social and community. 
Yeah, I can imagine the big difference between the two, although they're both looking at social in a very similar way, is, of course, the budget, right? The main studios, the game studios, the major studios, they have a multi-million dollar budget, and the indies, of course, do not. How do you help indie game studios become successful, sort of level that playing field? Is there something that they can do better, faster, because they're small, maybe more agile with you? that maybe the larger studios can't? Actually, that's a very good point. Smaller studios, indie devs, you typically don't have the same amount of process time. Uh, there's a company that I worked at where we coined the term pop-up stakeholders. You know, anyone could just randomly come out of the woodwork and be like, no, I need approval on this. <laughs> uh, so they, I love it. Yeah, exactly. So there's, there's just like a process to that. So the indie studios, they actually have the ability to jump on trends or have much more of a voice and actually be able to connect with their communities on a much closer note than larger studios. Uh, not saying that larger studios can't do this. There's many amazing and talented community and social managers out there, but they typically have to like, okay, I'm going to go through a producer or I'm going to see the director of marketing or talk to a VP and all of these people will be part of that approval process. And you know, with social everything's so fluid, everything moves, you know, one week is in almost an entire lifetime when it comes on social, right? A TikTok challenge could just die off right away. And then you'd be like, okay, we're ready yeah. at a big studio. And then you're like, oh, no, we can't. Whereas if you're at an indie studio, that would have been gone out the next day, right? So, um, you know, when you're thinking about the process, indie studios definitely have an edge over being able to jump on to little new tech to be able to jump into trends, uh, but the downside with indie studio, like we've mentioned, is slightly on the budget side. That's not to deter an indie studio from doing, you know, becoming successful and doing what they need to do on social. Um, it's just thinking about how we can do it smart, right? It's how do we take the money that we do have or the budget at the indie studio and make that work for us? Mm -hmm. And then another really trick for the indie studios is how do we really utilize our community? How do we utilize our audience to create a lot of that content for us? And that we kind of work together in a symbiosis way to have that amount of content going out, have that social proof and value coming out from other users, bringing other people into your channels. Because you always want to have your, your army of advocates. You've done so yeah, much of this, Sean. Exactly. I want to ask you, what does good social media even look like? We, we, we try to create and we're creating a ton, but it's difficult if you don't know really the benchmark. The benchmark is a moving target. It probably also depends. But in your view, in your opinion, what does social good social media look like? Good social media, in my opinion, and this definitely can vary from person to person, but what I really look for is how much of our community that we've been able to grow interact with us? What do their retention rates look like? How is their engagement level? Um, you know, some games that I worked on, which are microtransactions, like are they spending a lot more money than users who aren't engaging with us on social? Uh, as well as content that really drives the highest amount of engagement. So there's a few buckets that we look at. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of is in a nutshell. Interesting that you can look at retention for content that it's like 
you know, it's so fast moving. As you said yourself, a TikTok challenge before you're onto it, it's already gone. Explore that with me a little bit. You know, everyone talks about engagement metrics. You're talking about retention. What does that look like in such a fast moving world? Yeah, definitely. So when it comes to retention, there's two buckets. There's retention of how many users we're keeping on our social channels engaging with us and how many users that we're keeping on uh, in our game or in our products, right? What's the lifetime of that user? So from the social channel perspective, it's just like, how can we make it so that way our content actually has legs? How can we make it so that way it just doesn't die off in the next hour and no one really gets to see it, right? Mm -hmm. So how are we retaining the eyeballs? How are we keeping those so that way when we post again, that we get those impressions, that we get those eyeballs that we need and consistently get more and more and grow from there. And then as far as our product goes, it's like, look, how are we reminding them about our game? Are we bringing them back? Are they playing longer? Like, okay, this this person who really engages with us on social, they stay with us eight months, you know, versus a standard player will drop out at about four or six months, right? So now you understand the inherent value that that community and social has on your customers. And you're able to deduce, okay, here's the overall value. If we increase our budget or if we make more money, we're able to go and really add that to our content plan. It's like, okay, these pieces of contents are working. Mm -hmm. We're adding more. We're really focusing, delving down in these areas. Um, And then that's also split up by channel. So it's like, how are we doing across Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Discord, you name it, whatever channel you're on. So it's really looking at how the content runs, how it's working, how you're engaging your audience, how long they're staying with you. Are you seeing kind of the same people responding and engaging, adding comments to your social? It's really, it's, it's really big bucket could yeah. go on for hours at length about this. We stuff. could, we could, but um, you mentioned channels and I always have to ask when I have a guest here, Sean, you know, the exciting channels, is it just a flat blanket answer? Oh, it's TikTok, or is it something else or a mix? What channels are you looking at to be really effective and also push the envelope a little bit in social media? Yeah, definitely. So I will always first state that every time you or your brand goes into a new channel, there's a resource cost, whether it's money, it's time, or it's, you know, your brain power, right? It's like, so don't go into every single channel and try to market because you're not going to do very well. Each channel is unique, special Mm -hmm. content works in different areas, and you can't always necessarily just copy and paste from one channel to another. Now, that's not to say that you can't have the same content going out across the channels, but I would say that you really need to focus on your key audience, what channels they like to use. So if you're going for a more younger audience, you know, obviously TikTok is up and coming. Instagram is still a very good channel. If you're targeting a more like older audience, uh, you know, you're looking at Facebook and Twitter. Uh, But the one that I always see primarily as far as asynchronous community building uh, or is really good for content is YouTube. YouTube is the second largest search engine. So not only is that going to help you from an SEO perspective, uh, you're going to be able to get those eyeballs as well. Good tip. Good thought. I thought you were going to say Discord somewhere because I was thinking gaming, you know, and uh, Gamescom, I spent a ton of time on Discord uh, more than usual. Um, we want to talk. <laughs> yeah, Discord is actually. Oh, sorry, no, go, go ahead. ahead. No. 
Yeah, Discord is actually a really good platform for synchronous community engagement. But if you don't have the staffing or the resources to continuously monitor and actively engage, especially when it comes to a gaming community, uh, it can actually go very badly for you. (laughs) So it's either you work with kind of a lot of volunteers or you have a really good staff or you utilize an agency to be able to go and kind of help manage uh, the channels when you are not online. Because if you're a community manager running a Discord channel all by yourself, I don't know when you're going to actually get, be able to get to sleep. I was going to say that but you're not going definitely... to sleep because that was the thing. It was kind of interesting that, you know, you thought there was going to be a pause, but there was no pause in this community. It was diehard. Um, yep. So yes, you do need to have people there in the moment when you're engaging. And speaking of engagement, we're going to talk a little bit more about the rules of engagement and my favorite topic with you, Sean, because you are a tool man, shortcuts yes. to create content. So tons of reasons to come back right after the break. So don't go away. We'll be right back. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony. Trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. Welcome back. My guest today, Sean Silverman of Brand Authors. And Sean, before the break, we were talking about all the different channels, watching them, hopefully watching them, getting a little sleep, even helpful. Um, So you need a lot of people to do that, but you also need help in other ways. And you are very into tools, automation, these types of things. So what can you share for people who want to create the content, love crafting it, but they want to take the heavy lifting out of the creation, the community, the management, share some of your tools. Yeah, so definitely, as I spoke to Jarvis before, uh, they actually recently launched an AI generation for images. Hmm. So I've actually seen a lot of people who are using Jarvis to create content, really help them create content faster. But now they're utilizing the image generation to make pictures and images that they also put in on their social and on their blogs. So I definitely think that, you know, Looking into still utilizing AI tools uh, like Jarvis is definitely something that is very go-to. A really good, you know, multifunctional, essentially, you know, kind of knife as it were to be able to cut through everything as a content social marketer. Other tools I like are Mm -hmm. monday.com. That really helps with the project management and the task side. Uh, I know I will forget if I don't write something down. So if I need to make sure it's like, okay, I I need to do these things, schedule these things out. I put that. uh, It's really great for working with a small or even large teams because you're able to coordinate with others, use feedback and everything on there. Uh, As far as social management tools go, Chorus, if you have a really high budget, uh, they are one of the best as far as management and intelligence goes. Uh, I, we use Meltwater, uh, which they're really, really good with intelligence and social listening. Uh, if you're more of a smaller indie, I would suggest Sprout Social. They do a really good social mm-hmm. like management where you can do a calendar, things like that, publishing 
Uh, and then another really other small tool is called Radar, which is R-A-D-A-A-R. That will really help you with social management as well. Um, other things as far as content creation goes, I really still do love the Adobe Suite. I have a monthly subscription. It's not really that large for all the tools together. Uh, I highly suggest that for any social and content creator, uh, you're going to want to use Photoshop a lot. You're going to want to use some of these video tools, uh, you know, and so I'll jump in and I'll, I'll utilize that on a daily basis. I'm smiling because it's like, yes, I have Adobe still. So I'm still, it's still in the cool, the realm of cool. It's in the tools that you consider to be important and some great other ones I have to check out to tell you the truth. Some new names. That's what I love about you, Sean. Finger on the pulse. (laughs) Staying with video for a moment, getting more value out of video because video is it, right? And it's can go viral and there are, Examples, I've been watching one video that went viral. It was literally just a hand under sand and then a loud, menacing heartbeat. And then before it jumps out of the sand, it stops. And people are like, oh, you know, had a shock. You know, so what I'm saying here is that what do you really need to have an impactful video? Maybe you can share an example because not all indies, you know, are the filmmakers, of the world and they don't think about repurposing or maybe they don't think outside of the box. What's an example you can offer? So I don't have a specific content piece example, because like I said, social content is very ephemeral. It jumps, it changes Mm -hmm. quickly. And if I point at something that someone did that went really well and went viral months ago, it may not work for you. So I don't want to give a specific example. So it's really looking into, okay, Look at what your audience is doing. Look at what your audience is engaging with. You know, look at what people are really enjoying. And if there's a crossover in your industry. So, for example, long time ago when I was at Dolby, we, you know, worked with audio and visual, audio and visual content. So that audio side, you know, we we saw this one little piece that went crazy where it played just a sound snippet. And it was asking you, okay, what do you hear? Do you hear Yanni or do you hear Laurel, right? And so some people heard one word and some others heard other words. So we created an entire series of YouTube videos that did very well for us to grow our audience there where we're like, okay, so what's the sound? And we would take some very high quality sounds. And it was a little bit ASMR-y too as well, which is something that's hugely popular on on YouTube. Um, So we were able to do that and utilize that content, grow our social channel. So that's one piece of content, but it's heavily dependent on your audience, your community. Really try to make sure you have a pulse on that. What are your users engaging with? What are they talking about? Is there anything that is currently going on that you can cross over and utilize? Uh, Is there really cool audio clips? Uh, You know, what's really interesting is TikTok. There have been a lot of songs that have been utilized for some of these videos that you're like, hey, wait a minute, that's actually a real song, or you didn't even know about the song until you saw a TikTok video, which I think is actually a really interesting phenomenon that's been happening there. Um, I know you probably heard some of the songs, and I found them out later that, oh, no, that's actually a full-on song. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're using just a snippet in a video to get some really fun interaction and things like that. Uh, The downside, though, is trying not to be too much of a copycat. Mm -hmm. Right. You're seeing things that are being done on social, but 
you don't have to jump on every single trend that's out there. Uh, you know, you don't really need to be doing exactly what someone else is, um, or you don't need to just exactly one for one copy them. So I would really think, okay, what is good for my audience? What can I take from this? Can I change it up a little bit to be really well for my community? What, what, what would work very well? And most importantly, Will I have fun doing it? Because <laughs> if you don't have fun creating the content, you, it, it's going to come through as inauthentic. That is a very good tip at the end as well, that it has to be something that you enjoy crafting. You enjoy it, they'll enjoy it if you understand your audience as well. And of course, a little bit of help from your friends when you're engaging with influencer marketers. And I'm reading a ton about this. There's a, a report on Statista, you know, macro versus micro and what's the best influencer strategy. Let's, let's dive into that just a little bit. First of all, macro versus micro. Micro seems to be a higher engaged community. I'm just reality checking that with you. And are you also, you know, working with micro influencers more? I have to remember even the larger studios, I have to remind them to know that you don't have to always have influencers who have the hundreds of thousands of followers. I mean, there is a time and place to utilize the macro influencers. Definitely. If you're at a larger studio, you're going to have a larger budget. You want to make a big splash. Go for the larger ones as well as part of your campaign, but don't forget the smaller, the micro influencers. They're the ones who are really starting to build out their communities and micro influencers have a tendency of having a more captivated audience because once a larger influencer gets really big, there's a tendency of them not really having 100% honesty or trust from their audience. Mm -hmm. uh, they may go and join and like their content, but it may not necessarily always directly translate to the bottom line for you. Now, when you work with micro influencers, it's a little bit of more work. It's a lot more relationship building than you would with a macro influencer because it's going to be a lot more business. Uh, and then there's some times where you actually really need to help educate these micro influencers. Uh, a lot of them are going to be very young this is probably going to be their first job, right? You know, and you're going to really have to train them. It's like, you know, I've worked in business for many years. They don't really know how to actually work properly like a business. So, uh, you know, when you're working with micro influencers, you want to make sure you have a good variety. You want to make sure you have a good range. You're not just relying on one or two. Don't really spread yourself out too thin working with hundreds uh, I would say definitely like 20 to 30 would be a good to start if you're just by yourself or you have a very small team. Um, and even after you're at a larger studio, really go after a lot of these micro influencers and help build up their audience. Because if you build up their audience, they're going to really stay onto mm -hmm. your products. They're going to continuously create more and more content. Then as they grow, they have a lot more loyalty to you and your community. Um, and then it's just inherent, the content that's being created by those creators for your products. Makes a lot of sense because you're helping them. It's this beautiful virtuous cycle that says, I'm helping you get bigger. You're helping my game get bigger. You know, we're in this together. You talked about relationship management here, you know, with the micro influencers. 
And part of that is just being fair, open, upfront. And I remember one of the things that I loved about our last discussion, Sean, is you came up with a formula. You came up with a costing formula and fair rates to be very open about what do you pay? What are you getting? Where are you with that formula? What can you share about it? Maybe you've even advanced it to be um, something that everyone can use, basically. Yeah, definitely. So I've developed, uh, and wow, I can't believe you remembered because I was just a small it little left, part. No, it left an impression. I thought, wow, you know, we need a formula for that. You can't just say, oh, what are we going to pay him? What's the market rate? No, you have a formula. I love yeah, it. Yeah, de- definitely. And I wanted to make sure that it was very inclusive. So I didn't want to work with different influencers, especially on the micro side, where you might have one or others or a certain group or subset getting paid more than others, right? You wanted to make sure it was very fair. Um, So what it was is we came up with, I looked at the value of a user coming in, what acquisition rates look like, and then attributed that, okay, how many views are we going to get? What's the engagement going to look like from these influencers? And based on their social stats uh, that are valuable, not just vanity metrics, which a lot of companies look at, um, I was able to go and be like, Hey, look, we think you're going to get X amount of views. We think you're going to get X amount of engagement based on this. Here's how we calculate how much we think we should be paying you. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, I always add an hourly rate. So it's like, okay, Hey, we're going to pay you, you know, anywhere from 15 to $35 an hour to do some of the production side of things as well. Cause we know there's some setup we would like you to email. So it's like understand, letting them know you understand that their time is also valuable, but also getting them to email you back is very difficult. So if they understand that, no, look, I'm paying you to spend some time to send me an email and respond to my emails, they're much more likely to respond to an email. That is an interesting lesson. I hadn't thought about that, but I do recall one time working with a designer and it was like, well, the time it'll take me to put together the proposal is time. It's like, but you're a really good designer. So yeah, charge me the proposal, putting together time if you really want to. And you get a great result, but you do have to respect their time as well. How do you work with them from brand authors? Do you take up some of that heavy lifting for your clients of of finding them uh, finding the influencers, bringing them on board, you know, explaining to them the rates. Is that all in your remit? Yes. A lot of that, when I do consulting, I do help source. Mm-hmm. Uh, also because sometimes these companies do not have their own social tools to be able to go out and do searching for influencers. Um, and then also they don't actually know what to look for. Cause it's like, okay, there's a lot of tools out there. Uh, looking for influencers and you type in, okay, beauty products, and then it's just going to spit out every single influencer that's ever gone out and did something about a beauty product, right? And those may not necessarily actually be a fit. Uh, A lot of my, you know, a lot of the companies I consult for, they don't really have the time to ensure that that influencers that they're going after will actually be a good fit either. So the sourcing, the management, reaching out, um, and then building that relationship so that way they understand the brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a lot of the work that I will help with uh, the companies they do consult for, yes. Mm-hmm. I want to switch over to sort of a rapid fire segment to wrap this up, Sean. It's been really informative, and I love it when you're just up front, straight out. Um, 
looking at the difference, where you scrimp and where you binge, looking at social media, where would you say, this is where you can scrimp, skip all together, and this is where, hey, you've got a binge, you have to open up your wallet. As far as scrimping, uh, I would definitely say get rid of a lot of the bloat that you would do. Um, Try to really focus on, okay, if I'm going to need support for X, I don't need to spend money on all these things. Go find like a consultant or go find an agency that has some of the tools so I don't have to necessarily bring them on and learn about them. Um, Something that I would always suggest that you don't skip out on that you really kind of put money into is actually boosting your posts, boosting your content. Social media marketing isn't free. Uh, Yes, you can post organically, but you're not going to continuously be successful if you don't have an always on budget approach, even for the smaller budgets, even if you're only putting 10 or $20 onto a post, it's still better than nothing. Um, So those are kind of like where you can scrimp, where you can save and where you really need to focus and make sure you are spending money on. The other thing is if you're going to work with influencers, you do have to understand that you are going to be spending money on that. So you're going to need to spend time and utilize that budget smartly, uh, but you're going to need to be able to build that trust out with your influencers that you know if I'm paying them to do this for me, that it's really going to work out well. Have a cold-hearted... And warm-hearted approach when it comes to influencer marketing. So I'll leave you with one extra okay. tip you didn't ask for, but have a heart, cold, uh, like warm-hearted and cold-hearted approach. So the cold-hearted is definitely take a look at all the numbers and statistics and data. If you're working with building a relationship with an influencer, and you know there's times where their community just doesn't overlap and work well. Look at these numbers, and you know know it's like okay, this is time to let them go. The warm-hearted approach is. Understand you're working with people, understand that they haven't really done this as a profession necessarily before. So know that you're going to need to spend the time to kind of nurture and really build that that relationship with them. I like that it's both in a way, Sean, because, you know, the other thing is when they do become big, because you can't always tell a hit from a miss, and then they go out in social media and say, working with you was a real pain, or you were cold hearted. You don't want to do that either. You want to be fair. You want to be fair in how you're pricing and how you're treating them. Last quick question in my rapid fire segment, golden rule, the rules of engagement, your golden rule of engagement. So my golden rule of engagement is really trying to find the proper balance of seeing how much you get with organic versus paid. Um, If you are really driving that engagement using paid to really boost everything, you're able to see with engagement side, okay, we're getting, you know, three, four, 5% engagement up to 10% engagement on our posts from an organic perspective. Uh, So depending on where you are with the community life cycle. um, So if you're starting off, if you're in the beginning, you want to make sure that your content is really getting upwards of 10% engagement rates of depending on channel as well. But that's like kind of on average for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And also really helpful to have those benchmarks and your formula. Maybe you'll share that somewhere. Maybe I can link to that. You know, there has to be something. I mean, you said you put in a cost per hour and you put in a uh, a look at the engagement, but you're probably looking at some attribution 
and uh, there's a system behind is what I want to say. Would you be open to sharing that with our audience? Yeah, I'd be happy to uh, work with you on that. I'll send that over and share document and kind of go through the finer points. Love it. So that way, when you share with your audience, they'll all become experts at it as well. Love it. Put it on your blog. We'll do a little link love here. It's all good. I want to thank you so much, Sean, for sharing and for being so open and upfront about your tips, tricks, and advice. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me. Really love talking with you always. And the last point, of course, if people want to stay in touch, they've listened in, they're like, Sean, Sean's a wealth of information. What's the best way to do it, Sean? Just go ahead and uh, either hit me up on Twitter, which is Penteo, P-H-E-N-T-E-O, or just shoot me an email, Sean, S-H-A-W-N, at brandauthors.com. Cool. Thanks so much. And of course, if you have a story to tell, then reach out to me on social, DM me, email me, Peggy at MobileGroove. MobileGroove.com is where you can find my portfolio of essential reads and resources for the global mobile industry and some great blogs like the one I'll be cross-posting from Sean today. And you can check out all earlier episodes of our show on Amazon, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. And if you prefer video, well, hey, we've got you covered there as well, because we've got this podcast in video powered by The Groove over on YouTube. So until next time, remember, every minute is mobile. Let's make every minute count. Keep well, and we'll see you soon.